Welcome to episode one of Details of Life with Marcus Wilson. Thank you for taking the time to tune in today. Before we get started with my first guest, since this is my first episode, I thought I should give you a little bit of information about myself so you know who you're listening to, right? I'm a former Hooper, played college basketball at the University of Evansville where I scored over 2,000 points and was the 1999 Missouri Valley Conference Player of the Year. I've been voted one of the top 50 players to ever play in the Missouri Valley Conference. After college, I played 12 years pro, mostly in Europe, you know, most of the top leagues over there. And since then, I've coached college basketball at St. Louis University from 2013 to 2016. And since 2017, I've been doing color commentating uh, for men's basketball for the Missouri Valley Conference and University of Evansville on ESPN3 and ESPN+. You know, I love the game. I love what it did for me. I love what it taught me about life. And I just like staying connected to the game through color commentating. And now this podcast. Which leads me to my first guest of DOL, The Details of Life, Mr. Calbert Cheney. Calbert is the current assistant basketball coach for the College Park Skyhawks of the NBA G League. He started as a player for the Indiana Hoosiers from 1989 to 1993 under coach Bob Knight and ended his career as a three-time All-American and remains the Big Ten's all-time leading scorer, scoring over 2,600 points, 2,613 Career points to be exact. I don't think anybody's ever going to break that record because uh, most of these guys, once they get good, they just leave too early to break that record, and that's a lot of buckets. You know, he led Indiana to a 105 and 27 record, and went to the NCAA tournament all four years during his career at IU, including the Final Four appearance in 1992. So when he, you know, when he graduated, Calvert had won basically every postseason honor available, National Player of the Year, both the Wooden and Naismith Awards was a unanimous All-American, Big Ten Player of the Year, and after college, spent 13 years in the NBA playing for five different teams, which we'll get into into this podcast. So without further ado, let's get started. All right, welcome to the Details of Life with Marcus Wilson. Today I got my guest, my friend, my man. We coached together at SLU uh, from 2013 to 2016. He's now continuing coaching here uh, in the G League. Uh, Indiana legend Calvert Cheney. How you doing, brother? What's going on, bro? Good, man. Good, man. Thank you for coming on. We're going to go ahead and dive right in. Like we do with the details of life, we want people to get to know my guests on a different level than just, you know, scoring points and whatever. So, man, take us back. I played ball at University of Evansville. You're an Evansville legend. A lot of great players done came out of Evansville Harrison High School. Walt McCarty, yourself, Brian Hardy, a lot of players. But uh, as a kid, did you – always know that you wanted to hoop or did you play different sports or were you primarily a hooper your whole life? No, not initially. Uh, I, I wanted, you know, I, I just love playing sports. So I, I, I did all four sports. I did basketball, baseball, football, and track. And uh, I loved every last one of them. Uh, it, was just, it was just a lot of fun for me. I was a real outdoorsy type of kid. I always wanted to get out and, and just play. And, uh, and for me to uh, have an opportunity to, to play the game of basketball, uh, for me, it ended up being probably right around seventh, eighth grade when I decided I wanted to uh, to, to play basketball uh, and and really be good at it. Okay, and then so you start figuring out you was nice and you just getting a little bit better. So, what was your recruitment process coming like? We all know you ended up at IU, but what were some of your first offers? And then how did that progress? And who ended up? Do you remember who was your final five? Yeah, my first offer I ever got was USC, which I was very excited about, and then then came Evansville, and then. But at the time, that was pretty much it. Uh, wasn't really, uh, I, although I played ball, I wasn't really good at it yet. <laughs> I had the athleticism and all the other the, the natural gifts, but at the, at the, that means nothing when you don't uh, work on your work on your craft and get better w- in, in terms of the skill level. Exactly. And uh, so uh, 
you know, my I didn't play really organized ball outside of school uh, until my, my sophomore year when I started playing uh, AAU ball. And uh, when I played AAU ball, I had a really, really good summer uh, playing with uh, Evansville Basketball Club with uh, Mike Thomas. Yep, the legend and, uh, Mike yeah, Thomas. The legend Mike Thomas, exactly. And uh, and had a really good, really good summer, came back, and then letters started pouring in. And uh, so by that time, that's when I had uh, kind of narrowed my choices to Evans, University of Evansville, Indiana, Purdue, and Kentucky. And uh, people didn't know this, but Purdue was my uh, number one choice at the time. Hoosier fans <laughs> ain't even still happy about that. <laughs> they were, they, that's where I really wanted to go. And uh, and uh, and then you then we then Kentucky was my second choice. And so because Kentucky's right there down by the Ohio yeah, River. Yeah. And uh, you know we just right across the bridge from Henderson, Kentucky. So uh, we got a lot of Kentucky games. And uh, so, uh, and then, you know, like I said, we did get Indiana games, but I was really, really a Purdue and a Kentucky fan at the time. And uh, and, I, and for, for me to get letters from those guys was great. And, and when I got one from Indiana, that was wonderful as well. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So those, it was those four schools, and uh, and luckily, you know, like I said, I made the I made the right choice. Yeah, you definitely did, <laughs> brother. So a lot of people don't know this, and we didn't talk about this beforehand, but there's a rumor out there. It's not even a rumor. I know it. You gave a verbal commitment to the Aces at one point, <laughs> didn't you? I sure did. I sure did. I gave a verbal commitment to the Aces, and uh, uh, and then uh, and then I had to take it back. So I so I'm not going to go into the specifics, right? But uh, to make a long story short, you know, I got I got home and, and I told I told my mom I said, well, I did something I don't think I didn't think I wanted to do, and she was like, well, what did you do? She's like, well, I said, mom, well, you know, I committed to to University of Evansville. She said, is that what you really wanted to do? And I said, no. And she said, well, like I said, can you uh, call Coach Cruz and tell him that, <laughs> that uh, <laughs> can you call Coach Cruz and tell him that, uh, you know, I don't, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to commit there and be committed there anymore. She's like, no, I said, this is man stuff. I said, you got to learn how to be a man. You made that choice. And now you got to, if you don't want to go to school there, then you got to call the man up and tell him that you don't want to go to school there. And, uh, and that's what I did. And he wasn't very happy, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, I'm glad I made that decision. You know, it wasn't anything against the University of Evansville or Coach right. Cruz. I just want to get away from home. But not too far away from home, and Indiana being the right, uh, Indiana University being ended up being the right spot. Man, that you ain't the first kid that was in the room. The coaches saying, "We want you, we want you, why don't you commit?" And then probably made a commitment that you didn't feel comfortable with, man. Mm -hmm. And although I'm sure the city of Evansville would have loved to having you in the Aces uniform, mm -hmm. it's obvious you made the right decision. Big Ten all-time leading scorer. Were you an Indiana All-Star? Yes, I was. Okay, mm -hmm. so. But I also know out of your recruiting class, when you you end up going through that process, you go to IU. If I'm not mistaken, you were one of the lowest ranked recruiting recruits out of that class because that was a monster class y'all brought in. Yeah, right? we, we had the number one, we had the number one class in the right. uh, in the country that year. It was uh you know Lawrence Funderburg, Chris yep. Lawson, Chris Reynolds, Todd Leary, Greg Graham, Pat Graham. We were loaded. I mean, yeah. we were we were flat out loaded and uh, and uh, the little old me. Yeah, coming out and, and uh, you know at the and at the at the time, matter of fact, let's go back to my junior year. My junior year, I, we played Jasper, and uh, I had a. And this is when Coach Knight finally came to see me play. Okay. Ron Felling was was recruiting me at the time. Yep, remember Ron. And and Ron, you know, brought Coach down to see me play, and I had a terrible game. Maybe shot seven, eight. Of, I may I may put up twenty five shots that night. Maybe made like six. Okay. Didn't rebound the ball, and then uh, so according to Coach Felling, he, he basically said that you know this is a story way after I graduated from you know college or whatnot, yeah. he said the coach didn't want me. Mm -hmm. And uh, he said he doesn't do anything else except shoot the ball. And uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't rebound. He don't really guard. 
And uh, and then that's when, you know, uh, it really stayed on me. Uh, you know, Ron Felix really stayed on me. So that next year, my junior year, after the year after my junior year, I, we had AAU, had another monster summer. Uh-huh. And uh, coach, he told he told coach, look, man, we got to sign this kid. Yeah. He said, he, and this Ron said, Ron said, out of the out of those out of the, our seven guys, he's the best. He's the best player. Wow. And then so coach, you know, he's like, okay, let's sign him. And then that's that's what happened. So then I so then I saw my I'm national NLI, my my national letter of intent. Ron Felling flies down on a private jet to the Evansville Airport. I mm. saw my NLI on the hood of a car. No way. He gets back on the plane. Goes back up to Bloomington. <laughs> hey, that's <laughs> and that's it, how it started. That's how it started. So that's how you, you signed your letter of intent to IU on the hood of a car mm-hmm. with Ron Fellin. Yeah, Ron Fellin. Man, props to Ron Fellin for not giving up on you, man, because hey, uh, you made no Indiana basketball and in the state of Indiana uh, a much better place for the four years you was there. Did you lead your team in scoring all four years? All four years, yes. Okay. Uh, you know, and at, even at that time, even before I even started, uh, that summer, right before our, our freshman year, we came up, obviously, uh, Register for class and all that stuff, and then we play pickup. Mm-hmm. And we play pickup with the guys, and I was like, "Man, Lawrence Funderburg, Pat Graham, Greg Graham, yeah. McDonald's All Americans. Yeah, man, these guys are bad dudes." Yeah, I said. So we started playing pickup. We started getting up and down. I was like, "I think I can do this. I think I'm gonna be okay." <laughs> <laughs> Once I figured out I could play with him, yeah. so I think I'm gonna be all right. Yeah, man. So <laughs> what? What do you? You know, just for the guys, because obviously you were undervalued. I don't know if I would say under-recruited, but undervalued the fact that all these guys were higher-ranked guys. And here you are, one of the just one of the names. Wasn't like the highlight name of the group. Do you feel that it was because you were you were already better and you were undervalued? You hadn't been seen enough, or did you feel like you just improved quicker and, and, and more like your you know over the summer between your high school senior year and your freshman year and each year how did you keep getting so much better than the competition well, I think a lot of that had to do with you know if, you know I don't know if people might know this you know I, I broke my foot my senior year we mm-hmm. were we were undefeated uh, at the time uh, I think we were number two in the state and we played a big game against Terre Haute South okay uh, I don't know if people remember Tony McGee he he ended up he was one of the better he, he was one of the better athletes in the state. He ended up playing football NFL football for the Cincinnati Bengals, and uh, he really had a, they had a really good team. They were number one in the state, and we played up at the Indiana State, the Holman Center up in Indiana State. Yep. And the first quarter, I had a monster first quarter, and uh, and then I go up for a jump shot and I come down wrong. Figured I rolled my ankle, but the pain was not on my ankle; it was on, by my foot. Mm-hmm. So I, I, and I, I I normally have a high high pain tolerance. Yeah. So I came off thinking that, that the, the pain would subside. And then uh, so coach gave it, you know, to asked me if I was ready to go. So I said, let's go give it a go. Let's give it a go. Went out there and ran. Could not, couldn't run. And I knew something was really wrong. Right. And it turned out that I had a broken foot. And uh, so when I – and that was like maybe – I think at that time we were maybe 15 or 16 and 0. Mm. And then after that see, – and then after that, uh, you know, I didn't play the rest of the season. And then we ended up losing in the first, first round of, of the sectional. Uh, we had our, we one of the favorites to win the state that yeah. year, so uh, I think that had a lot to do with it because um, we we really had a good season. I had a really had had a re- we as a team had a really good season. I had yeah. a really good season going, and uh, but yeah, but in terms of like development, man, that's all. I mean, there's no, and I tell guys now in the G League on our team, uh, the Skyhawks, there's no secret formula except good old fashioned hard work. You right and, about uh, that. And that's what I and that's what I did. You know, I, I was good. You know, I think one of the things with, and this what kind of 
put me over the top. And I told people, you know, when I, I was blessed to, to get into College Basketball Hall of Fame, uh, Gerald Van Devender, who was my high school coach, called me into his office. This is when we just went through a, uh, a change in, in, uh, in head coach at Harrison High School. He was at Boonville High School, took the job, called me into his office and said, hey, look, Cal, you have an opportunity uh, with your athleticism, your skill, or your, your abilities. If you work hard at your game, I promise you that I will get you a Division One scholarship. I promise you. Okay. And once he said that, I was off to the race because yeah. my family couldn't afford to send me to college. Yep. Uh, so, um, and, and the way I thought, I was like, I'm a, hey, I'm a mama's boy. I'm just ready to graduate. I'll graduate high school, get a job somewhere in Amazon, Indiana. Yeah. Don't know where it is, but yeah. or if not somewhere in the state. Right. That was that was my my way of thinking. Yeah. You just knew that you had a chance to get your college paid. Yeah, exactly for. right. And it did, and at the time it was all I'm just happy to get my college to you know paid for. I'm not you know I'm just ha and I'm happy to be on the team. Yeah. It's not yeah. about you know me having aspirations to play in the NBA or be the all time Man. leading scorer in in the Big Ten or at Indiana at Indiana University. That's not what I was thinking. I was just happy to have a scholarship. And to get an education. That's crazy that just such humble beginnings end up being what it was, man. But you mentioned congratulations being on the uh, being inducted into the college uh, hall of fame. That was just what a couple months ago. Yes. How was that? You know, how was that experience? Wonderful, wonderful. You had, I mean, to be included with guys like Shane Battier, Homer Drew. Uh, we had there was some there were some some really really big names. I remember Ty Lichty, yeah, played yep. at Stanford. Yep, uh, man, we had, it was just uh, wonderful. And uh, to be included with that with that group of uh, guys uh, in the College Basketball Hall of Fame is a tremendous, yeah, tremendous that's, honor. That's big time, man. Congrats. So before we start moving on to some other stuff, man, the, uh, back to college. A couple more questions. So obviously, I I grew up in Indiana. I saw Coach Knight, and man, I used to think this dude was so crazy, you know. And uh, <laughs> anybody who Watched basketball back then. Bobby Knight was uh, one of the scariest dudes around, man. But uh, I also know, now have known some of his players, that they said, man, he was like that then. But once you graduate, you know, he takes care of you. So, like, what was it like for Knight, man? What was it like playing for him? You know, I'm, I'm sure he was demanding. Mm -hmm. uh, how, did, how did you take that style of coaching without – because a lot of kids just can't take it. They're mm -hmm. not mentally tough enough mm -hmm. to take the verbal – and, and this is no disrespect to Coach Knight. There's a lot of college coaches that will verbally undress these kids mm -hmm. and challenge them verbally. And then some kids say, you know what, I'm, I'm done. I'm quitting. I ain't playing for this guy. And then other guys say, you know what, I'm going to show you. Mm -hmm. And they, and they and makes them work harder. And so how did you take that intense level of coaching from Coach from Coach, uh, Coach Knight? I think a lot of it had to come from my, my mom. My mom was really – a tough disciplinarian, uh, and she she didn't take no BS from anybody, right. and she didn't take no BS from me or my two sisters. And uh, if you didn't do what you were supposed to do, she was gonna let you know. Yeah. Sometime with a back slap, <laughs> you know, have to go outside and get a some switch. type of consequences. Yeah, get a, get a switch or get a belt or something. Uh, but uh, that's just how. And it, so it was the transition wasn't bad for me uh, when I when I got to Indiana. Uh, you know, coach obviously is is. Uh, Great X's and O's coach, one of the greatest coaches I ever played for. But uh, but I think the one thing that you have to learn, it has nothing to do with the physical. It has all everything to do with the mental. Yep. You got to be able to deal with the the, the mental aspect of uh, playing for Coach Knight, yep. and that means. Uh, and you said it, Marcus, just a second ago. I treated it like anytime he got on me, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to show you. Yeah. All right. I'm going to show you. I'm going to shut you up. And you know what? If I do it, he will shut up. Yeah. And that's just who he was. Uh, but it's, it was a constant deal. He always challenged you mentally because he wanted you to be best prepared, uh, not only on, on you know 
on the floor, but off the floor in terms of like film, uh, knowing what the, what the other team wants to do, yeah. uh, knowing what your teammates want to do, uh, being one as a unit, be you know have that chemistry as a unit, knowing that you know when we step down on the floor, we were gonna win. It just, yeah. just, it just it was just a matter about how much. Man, that's uh, you know, I I, I played for Jim Cruz who played for Coach Knight, and mm-hmm. he was very similar in that coaching style. And my dad, I was ready to quit a few times, and my dad kept telling me. My dad was a disciplinarian, which helped me, just like you said your mom was. But he always used to say, don't worry about uh, uh, how he's saying it. Figure out what he's saying. Now, he might sit there and call you all type of names and say that you suck, and he don't know how you got a college scholarship and blah, 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 because you don't block out. Mm-hmm. My dad used to say, forget all that other stuff. What did he just say? Box out next time. Exactly right. right. And then take it and get out your feelings and move on to the next one. But uh, so lastly, man, you know, I know IU is full of stars. You know, you got Isaiah Thomas, Oladipo, Sage Steele is a IU yeah, guy, right? Man, so I always hear about uh, North Carolina and Duke and they, you know, how tight their alumni are. You know, do you, are there any alumni, obviously former teammates, but does the IU alumni stick together like that? Yeah. Or, you know, you uh, have ba- any, you mean IU alumni or IU basketball? Both. Well, I'm not. Uh, th- yeah, they st- I think we do stick together. I think when, when Coach Knight uh, got let go, uh, was that 2000, 2002 maybe? Yeah, right around there. Uh, I think a lot of people kind of took sides. Yep. And for a long time there, it was there was a, a lot of uh, anxiety, distrust. Uh, you had, you know, some guys on this, this side of the, uh, you know, for Coach Knight, others on the side of like, you know. And they didn't like how University. he was let go and stuff. Yeah, yeah, they didn't like how he was let go. So there was a lot of uh, a, a, a lot of issue with that. And uh, I think now it's gotten a lot better. I think when, you know, obviously when, you know, when Mike Davis was there. It's, Mike Davis was there. You had, you had Kelvin Sampson, Sampson. Now you got Tom Crean. Now you got Archie Miller. Uh, the one thing that, 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 I, I never thought would happen in a million years was like to have what four different coaches over a twenty year period at, at, at Indiana. In Indiana, yeah. With all the tradition that they've had, yeah. I never thought that, and uh, but it happened. Yeah. And, uh, and and but but I think now I think Mike Mike and Kelvin they and you know Tom Crean and now Archie have done a good job of trying to bring everybody back together. Yeah. Uh, I think Fred Glass, our AD, has done a wonderful, wonderful job. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I, you know, for me, from a selfish standpoint, I wish he would stay. But I, you know, they, I guess it came out a couple of weeks ago that he's going to be leaving at the at the end of the school year. And he's done a wonderful, wonderful job of keeping everybody together. Uh, uh, and you know, I'm very, very proud of what he's done over uh, for for the time for his duration or his tenure. And uh, so, but it's been it's been it's been great. You know, uh, Victor. Uh, and the one thing I try to convey to Victor and Cody and those guys. You know, they're the next generation. Yeah, they are. Especially from a basketball program. Yeah. So you're the guys. And nobody knows me. Right. They don't know me. They don't know Alan Henderson. They don't know Damon Bailey. Uh, to, uh, to, to a certain degree. Uh, okay. So I'm talking I, about I hear what you're saying. From, I hear from, what you're from saying. the player okay. standpoint. Okay. But they know Victor because Victor yeah. played, you know, played as a two-time All-Star with yep. the Pacers. Cody Zeta plays with the Charlotte Hornets. You got uh, uh, those guys. You got Yogi Ferrell playing with Sacramento. Yeah. Uh, and you got, you know, Will Sheehy, Jordan Hose. They're playing overseas. Yeah. So they know those guys. So now it's your time to pick up the ball yep. and, and keep it rolling. I'll be there, yes, when it, to support it whenever I can or whatever they need me to do. Like I, I try to go back once or twice, you know, during the summer, yeah, to to try to show my face. But for and Eric Gordon, Eric Gordon, another yeah, guy, you know, right. big time, that's big time, right. Eric Gordon, big time. Yep. Uh, so uh, and DJ White, who's playing overseas. I mean, so there's so many guys out there. Just keep the Romeo, ball rolling, keep yep. it moving. Uh, Victor's done a wonderful job. He and Cody. Uh, 
uh, gave money for the for the new locker room at Assembly Hall. Oh, okay. And, uh, and they, they named the lounge after those two. So, uh, you know, so they, nice. so they, like I said, so uh, it, it's gotten a lot better, and uh, and I think it'll continue to get better. You know, Sage still come back. She did. Uh, she she uh, uh, I think she uh, spoke at one of the graduations, and she came back a couple weeks ago for for alumni game. Oh wow! Alumni weekend. So she's very involved. So uh, I'm just happy that we got people that are involved yeah. and and uh, and really. Uh, care about not only the, the basketball program, but more importantly, the university itself. Yeah, that's good, man. It's good to hear that y'all stick together because, mm-hmm. like I said, you know, people from Indiana go and watch this and all those names you just named, man, we all grew up, either grew up or I was older watching those guys. So it's good to know that y'all stay in touch and hopefully, you know, like you said, guys give money back and support to keep Indiana basketball rolling at a high level. Mm-hmm. Um, so moving on, man, obviously you drafted first round. Uh, take us through some of your stops for the people that don't know. Uh, you had a 13-year playing career, yeah, mm-hmm. right? So what were the different stops that you went, uh, the, all the different teams you played? Yeah, I played in Washington for six years, and I think I played uh, – w- That's w- when they were still called the Bullets. Bullets. We were Washington <laughs> Bullets, and then my – I want to say my fourth year, I think 97, is when they changed it to the Wizards, obviously because of the violence that's going on in, yep. in D.C. They didn't want to, uh, you know, call it Bullets yeah, anymore. that was a good call. It was a good call. And uh, so then we went there. Then I went from there to Boston for a year. And then I went to Denver for a couple of years. And then I finished my last three, four years at, uh, at Golden State. Okay. Uh, so it was like a very fruitful career. I'm, I'm happy from the standpoint that I, that I, I didn't think I would last 10 years, uh, honestly. But, I, you know, I had a nice, solid career. And I could have played longer, but mm-hmm. I didn't. Uh, but the fact that uh, coming from where I come from, not, not really thinking about playing in the league, uh, and then all of a sudden you hear whispers because you're having a good college career that, yeah, you're going to get a – you know, might be yeah. a first-round draft choice and all yeah. those stuff. I'm like, still didn't believe it. Right. Then you hear it again. It's like, well, you know, you're going to be college player of the year. I said, no, I'm not. Right. right. Then, you, then you get – you know, so coming from where I come from, from where I come from and, and to, 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 to be, you know, a college basketball player of the year, be a first-round draft choice, six pick. Yeah. Uh, you know, have a, a, a nice, solid – you know, basketball career, and, and 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 like I said, you make money doing what you love. I mean, you don't get much better than that. Yeah. And uh, I was just really blessed. Uh, God blessed me with uh, with the ability to play, and and I hopefully that I uh, you know I did what I what I could. And uh, but I think one the one thing that's that's important for me is like, you know, it, you know, was I respected yeah. in terms of like you know as not only as a player but more more importantly as a person. Yeah. And I think and I and I, I hope that I was and I hope that I am. Uh, and uh, like I said, I I wouldn't change it change it for the world, man. I, so so for some of y'all who are watching and you hear him say, oh man, I was just a I was just a player, man. This dude, and I'm not just saying it because he's here. You know anybody? Ask anybody that knows Calvert personally, man. He's one of the most humble guys I've ever met. Uh, at his at his stature, Appreciate right? It, bro. You know, and Appreciate so, it. man, like if you didn't know who he was, you wouldn't even know. You like he walked down the street. In jeans, shirt, humble, <laughs> quiet. People are like you play ball. Yeah, I play a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But man, but so when it comes to respect, man, I don't know anybody that's ever had any bad thing to say about you, man. I uh, appreciate you. Um, so t- I got to ask you this because Jordan is obviously Jordan, and mm-hmm. you played in that time. I've seen, I've seen film. I've seen pictures of you guarding him, and mm-hmm. this and this and that. What was, what was it like playing against the goat? Uh, big time, man. He's he's obviously the best player I ever played against. He's the best player I've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, you know because he competes at such a level that it's kind of like if you want to beat him, you better damn near kill him. 
that's the that's the type of competitive level that he he plays at. You know, that that was that was a Kobe level. Yeah. Kobe level was Kobe was the same way. Yep. Isaiah Thomas was the same way. Yeah, yeah. So sure uh, was you know, IU alum. Uh and uh so you had to bring your lunch pail if you're gonna if you're gonna have a chance to compete and you if you want to compete at his level. And luckily for me, I you know, from it was, I had some good games against him. Mm-hmm. And uh but at the same time he has you know, he had some really good games against me. Matter of <laughs> fact, game we played game two in, in the playoffs. I was in Washington and he had fifty five. Mm. And I think I had thirty. Okay. So so then so we were we're sitting there and he's <laughs> like he he makes a run. I think they make a run in the fourth and and I think that that was the year they went seventy two and ten. And I think we beat him a couple times that year. So mm. we matched up well with him. Yeah. With me, you know, Chris Juwan, uh Rod Strickland, Tim Legler. That's right, that's right. Tim Legler, uh uh Tracy Murray. Uh so we had a pretty good I team. Had a good squad that year. Yeah, had a pretty good team. And uh and, and so we're <laughs> So he catches the ball on the baseline one time, and I, I could have sworn he does that patented fadeaway over his left shoulder. So he shoots a, uh, on the baseline on the right on the right block, and I could have sworn when he when he shot it, his feet were like this, <laughs> he was like parallel to the ground. And he makes it, and we call a timeout. And he's running back to the bench, and then we come out of the timeout. And he's like, and he has he has a nerve to ask me if I'm tired yet. He said, Cal, you, you Cal, you tired yet? I said, Well, you talk about you don't you are you tired yet? Right. <laughs> We had the same. We came from. We had the yeah. same agency and everything. So, okay. uh, you know, he he never really talked smack to nobody unless you talk smack to him. Because mm-hmm. uh, if you if you talk smack to him, he gonna he gonna he gonna raise it just another level. Yeah, so, that sounds like a bad but idea. It, but it's an honor and privilege to play on the same floor with him and everything. And like I said, he's truly the goat. Uh, you know, there might be some people that that uh, that might dispute that, but in my in my opinion, he's he's the best I've man. ever seen. That's that's fun stories to listen to. So as you was growing up in the NBA, man, I know I played professionally in Europe and I made a lot of dumb mistakes party and not taking care of my body right hanging out too late and then i met a couple guys this is a guy named andre owens in france if you watching man thank you for man mentoring me and stuff man so who were some of the vets when you were younger that said hey young fella you know you're doing this you know on and off the court mm-hmm. that was kind of groomed you and say this is how you do it in the nba talk yeah. to the nba life yeah yeah michael adams was a really good guy especially my rookie year he really helped me uh, rex chapman helped me to a certain degree uh uh clifford robinson Really good guy, Robinson, yeah. Big yeah. Cliff Robinson, Uncle Cliff, really yeah. helped me. Uh, you know, so I mean, those are some guys that that really uh, uh, got me to understand. You know what? You know to take care of yourself because my first couple of years, I didn't. You know, you you didn't eat right nutrition. Yep. And, you know, None now, of us do. Yeah, because and at that time, it wasn't really nutrition. It ain't what it is now. Yeah. You know now, you know we we used to, we practiced at a college, Bowie State University when I was in Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, now every every le- every team in the league has their own practice facility with yep. a kitchen, chef, chef and all that. Yep. You could basically live there now and you, and there's no there's no excuse for you to not get better. Yeah. If you know, if you have those if you have those uh those uh, resources at your disposal. So, uh, you know, so I mean, it took me a while and then finally when I got, you know, to my my 6th, 7th year in the league, I finally started to understand, you know, you, you got to take care of your body if you want to be able to compete every night. You playing 82 games plus playoffs. Yeah. Plus preseason games, so you 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 up for at a hundred games per season. So, yep. uh, so that's one of the things I had to learn, and I and and probably by the time I got to Denver, I tell you what, uh, uh, John Lucas uh, was at Denver at the time, one of the assistant coaches, and he he really he's probably the 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 guy that really helped me. Yeah, uh, John Lucas yeah, has helped John, a lot yeah, of young men. Yeah, that really finally got me to to to, to love playing the game again, and. Uh, you know, by taking care of myself, doing what I need to do, just getting in, working, in, uh, getting in the gym, working every day, and uh, and that's them. So th- those are some of the guys that really, really helped me. Good man. So that was that was those were the guys that helped you. And I know just even me as a college coach, 
Well, you came to salute. You taught me some things. So who were some of the guys that you, once you started becoming the vet, mm-hmm. that you started, uh, there were some young guys on some of your team that you, uh, I don't know if the coaches say, hey, Cal, hey, I need you to look out for him, or if you just kind of gravitate towards doing that. Was there any guys that you kind of gravitated towards that were young guys that you saw making mistakes or that you saw potential in that you started investing well, in at all? Uh, yeah, you got potential. You know, Monte Ellis is one guy. Uh, try to help him as much as you know, Ben Wallace tried to help him. You know, Ben, uh, ben was, with our, was with us at Washington. Uh, really good. Be- really good. This was yeah, before ben he went to the Pistons? Before he went to the Pistons, okay. yeah. I remember we had a uh, – it was funny because you know, this is when he, was, he just came out of Virginia Union. And we were playing pickup at Bowie State, and, and he, this dude was like getting every freaking rebound. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Who the <laughs> heck is this dude?" And then so so Wes Unsell at the time was the head coach came up to me and said, "Cal, what do you think?" And I said, "Man, that dude is bad, yeah, bad yeah. boy." So then we ended up signing him and everything, and the rest is history. So Man. he 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 gonna end up being probably a Hall of Famer when yeah. it's all yeah. said and done. So yeah. uh, you know, so yeah, so those are a couple guys. Uh, you know, I try to you know uh, we got Steph at Golden State. Uh, you know, just try to to beat over him, but Steph, you know, Steph. I already knew what he was doing. He, yeah, his he, daddy he just, was in the league. He grew up in the league. league. Yeah, he grew yeah. up under the – so, but you just try to be there to help as much as you can. But Steph, you know, his work ethic is like second to none. That's why he's yeah. who he is today. Uh, so, but you just try to just help out any way you can. Uh, my mom was more like, you know, obviously you want to teach him well on the court, but Thanksgiving dinners, having them over for Thanksgiving, yeah. you know, people that – you know, these especially these young guys that don't have families. Right. You know, for me at that time, I had, you know, my wife, Yvette, and, and my, my two kids. Uh, you try, you know, try to have them come over for dinner from time to time. Try yeah. to take care of them on the road, give them per diem, you know, give them your per diem. Yeah. Especially on if we go on a West Coast trip or East Coast trip, you know, just give them your per diem. Yeah. You know, try to try to help them out because they're not making as much money as you are at the time. So just just try to take care of them any way you can, and uh, that's that's all I try to do. Yeah. And, and if they need, uh, you know, to talk to me about something, you know, I never try to force myself on anybody. That's not right. what I, you know, that's not who I am. Yeah. You know, obviously, if I say if I if I say if if I see something, I'll say something to them. Yeah. If they want, I say, oh, but I always leave the door open for them to yeah. come talk to me if they need to. I can vouch for that, man, because when I was at SLU, I remember, man, you took me out to dinner and we mm-hmm. sat there and talked, and it was always it was always an open door policy. Yeah, no Plus, doubt. Plus, we end up working together on the scouts and stuff. No but, doubt, man. It was uh, it was all love, man. So, mm-hmm. uh. When did you, you said you probably could have played longer. When did you start, when did you decide, why did you decide to retire when you did? Was your body starting to hurt? Were you wanting to spend more time with family, tired of all the travel? Like, what were some of the decisions that made you say, you know what, I'm going to step away from the game? I think a little bit what you just said, a little bit all three. Uh, more Spending a little bit more time with the family, just take some time away from the game because, you know, you dedicate your game, yourself to the game uh, uh, since you were a little kid. And, you know, so that's part of it, obviously. And then, you know, you start waking up and you don't know what, what room you're in <laughs> and what city you're in. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what you come back from shoot around, you're like, is it room, two ni- was it room 219 <laughs> right. or was it, it was 319? You're confusing it for and the last three then, nights. And then you don't know what city you're in. Is it Los Angeles or is it, you know, something like city? You know, like, yeah. up. And, then, and then, you know, from a standpoint of, like, obviously when you get to that age, uh, you know, and your brain wants to do it, but your body can't. Yep. That's when it's like, you know, uh, it's time. It's time to go. And you know, I had a couple of offers to continue to keep playing, but I was like, no, nah, I think it's time. And, and uh, you know, and, and something, and, and early, probably maybe early in my early retirement, I was like, damn, I should have kept playing. But at the same time, then as you get older and older and older, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm glad I stopped playing. So yep. uh, I, I thought it was the right time to quit. Good to, to retire. Uh, so what did you do? immediately after his plan did you take some time off or did you go right into coaching i took a little time off uh you know maybe a couple of years and then you know I've, uh, at the time tom crean had gotten a job at indiana so we we uh during that when i was still playing we we uh 
uh, establish communication and start talking, de- develop a relationship and everything. And then when I when I uh, retired, and then uh, actually matter of fact, I take I go let's go back. I came back out to Golden State and worked as a special assistant for Larry Riley, who was the GM at the time. That's what happened. And then so I'm there. And then uh, obviously they went through the the ownership change mm-hmm. when Joe Lacob and, and company took over. Uh, so they end up cleaning house, which I respect. Yeah. You know, they're trying to bring in yep. their own people, which is fine. Yep. So then, so that's when I took a time off. And then, uh, but while you was with Golden State, was that when y'all drafted Steph? That's when we drafted Steph, and okay. that's when we brought in David Lee, and then uh, you know those type of things. But that's when we drafted Steph. Got and, it. And uh, yeah, so that, that 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 ended up being a pretty good. That was yeah. a good draft pick, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> at the time, I think they were uh, at the time. I think the pick before us was uh, Demarcus Cousins, and I think Sacramento had that pick. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, and if I'm not mistaken, if if uh, we if if Sacramento wouldn't taken him, we probably would have taken him. Wow. Yeah. So. And that would have changed the whole landscape yeah, of basketball because yeah. Steph Curry is what now the, you know, only uh, unanimous MVP that uh-huh. just transformed the game in the way. And yeah, because I don't know who's I don't know who's behind. I don't know who pick, had to pick after us. Board. Yeah, because I don't know who had to pick after us. Uh, but if I think if if, if he would have dropped a six, cause I think Cousins was five. Yeah, and if he would have dropped a six, we would we would have taken him. So six man, give me a, give me a couple. So I had to ask a couple stories about. I know this is me and you, but I had to ask a couple stories uh, about Jordan. Steph is going to go down as one of the greatest. Uh, he had those ankle problems early on. I had no clue that coming out of high school. I mean, out of college, no one thought he would be this good, regardless. Mm-hmm. And then he had those ankle injuries, and it was like, man, is this going to be one of those things that you know troubles him his whole career, but like, what was his? You, you already mentioned a little bit his work ethic, but when you drafted him, not you, but when the organization drafted him and you started working with him, what was? Did you see immediately like, man, this kid has a chance to be great, or has he just progressively gotten better and better? How did how did you know what was that whole situation like of drafting him and being able to work with him early on? Yeah, I didn't get a chance. To, I didn't work with him because I worked in the front office. Right. But you know, you you just like I said, you watch him. You know, you know, you're taking him to dinner a couple of times, all that other stuff. But but just about watching him, you, he just he, he just works. Yeah. I mean, he <laughs> he always wants to work, and that's and and for people and like I said, but he's not gifted. He's not the most gifted naturally athletically right but and this is a this is a tribute to this is for kids that kind of have the same ability as he has in terms mm-hmm. of like athletically but he just gets in the gym he just works yeah. works 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 and he's turned the game he's into, changed the game. he's changed the game in terms of his shooting uh the way he shoots the ball and how he shoots it and how he gets a shot off the dribble or off the off the off the catch off yeah. coming off the of screens and shooting with such depth and just basically change the game. It's unbelievable, you know. I, and I knew at some point. I know we had the ankle problems and everything, but at some point, you, you knew that he just because he worked so hard, he would be an all star. Yeah. But for him to, to turn out the way he has, yeah, and, uh, and 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 what he's done, and for the for the for the league itself. Yep. But more importantly, and this is what what's great about it, he, is that his he's such a great family man. Yeah. You know, he's, he's he loves us. He loves his wife. He loves his kids. He's all about them. Uh, and he's able to compartmentalize. He's able to to be a, 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 a not only a kill a, a, a great family man, but also you know a killer on the go court. Kill, kill, yep. Go kill people on the court. Yeah, and that's and that's that's what it's all about. And there there've been people out there that don't like that. And, yeah. and that's you know, but it, you know, haters gonna hate. But that's who he is, and that's who he's always gonna be. He's raised by a great family. Yep. And uh, his his mom and his dad are unbelievable people. And uh, and I had, I had a, the honor of meeting and. And uh, like I said, I, uh, I'm 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 happy that 
that Steph, Steph Curry's in the NBA. Yeah, man, he's changed the game. Mm-hmm. So after you left there, you went to IU? Uh, yes, yes. So as, then, as a Dobo? Yeah, as Dobo. Yeah, I was the director of basketball operations. You know, Tom gave me a call and asked me if I'd be interested in doing it. And I said, hey, you get an opportunity to come back and yeah. to Yama Mater and, and help out in any way possible? I mean, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. And uh, I really do. Uh, I'm really happy for, you know, I'm, I really do appreciate Tom Crean for everything he's done because at that time the, the program was was, was uh, in, a, in a bad place. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and for him to do what he did and, and, cha- and, and turn it around, uh, by the end, of, by by the time he left, you know we had won two Big Ten titles in four years. He, you know, he he got Cody Zeller. Uh, he yeah. found a diamond in the rough and, and by a guy named Victor Oladipo. Yes, and uh, you know got Jordan Hulls, uh Christian Christian Watford, uh, Will Shee, who all started that. Yeah. And then we got Yogi Ferrell, yeah. uh, and then we ended up being the number one team in the country. Uh, for the majority of the year, uh, right. yes, and uh, you know, like Man, I said, I forgot Tom Crean did all that. Yeah, yeah he that, sure that, did. Uh, yeah, Tom, yeah. Tom did a wonderful job for that with that program, and uh, and I and I really do appreciate him. Yeah. So then after after that, I, I so I'm, I'm at SLU. I just got hired. I thought that you know the staff was set. One of our coaches left, go to St. John's. Next thing you know, they call Ann Calvert. Man, so you came to SLU. Mm-hmm. We was there for three years. I can give y'all a nutshell on this. We, we was there for three years. First year, awesome. NCAA tournament, BNC State, lost to Louisville in the second round. Next two years, just didn't get it done. Mm-hmm. We're not going to get into the details of why that happened. Uh, I mean, obviously, we didn't do uh, – I thought we, we, we put we, – we graduated players. Mm-hmm. We didn't win games. Uh, at the college level, you got to win games and graduate mm-hmm. players. Kind of, you know, recruiting has something to do with that. But mm-hmm. uh, So, I think that you learned – from your experience of that, uh, now, you know, next time a college opportunity comes about, now you have a little bit more information to go yeah. off in your head, like exactly past right. experience of like, okay, this is what I learned from my first experience. So would you, you know, moving forward, uh, you're at the G League now, we're going we're gonna to kind of close with some of those questions, but would you uh, consider going back to college if the opportunity presented itself? Oh, yeah, no doubt. You know, obviously it's got to be a good, I mean, for me, it's got to be a good situation, uh, you know, but, uh, yeah, I would definitely consider it. Uh, yeah. You know, like I said, I, I enjoy working with, with, with guys. I mean, uh, basketball's been good to me, yeah. and, uh, and, and so I always try to pay it forward, whether yeah. it be coaching, whether it be, you know, just doing whatever, yeah. and uh, that's what it's all about to me. And uh, I, I, you know, it's not you know obviously you, you want to have a great career and all that stuff and conversation, but that's not about conversation for me. It's about just doing doing what's best for the next person. Yeah, and that's, and that's all you know. Try to serve the best way I possibly can. Yeah, man. I just you would be good in college, good for college basketball, just because uh, you know these kids. I just know even when we was at SLU, man. Just the respect they didn't really know. Uh, some of these kids are younger, and then they research, and they're like, "Ah, oh, this dude's legit." And well, they then, found out on the court too. <laughs> yeah, they showed. Yeah, I was, I was, there, I was there to witness him busting, busting some players' heads in practice and slew. Uh So now you at the G League, man. How you liking this experience? Uh, I think it's great. Like I said, it's, uh, it's all about development. You know, we uh, our, our team, the College Park Skyhawks, we were in the Erie Bayhawks last year, and then. Uh, the only Tony wrestler uh, ended up, uh, you know, bringing the team down here to Atlanta. Uh, mm-hmm. So we in College Park, and you know, Two Chains is one of our is one of the owners. Two Chains, uh, you know, he, he's a college, he's from College Park, and uh, very very involved with the team. And we do appreciate him. And uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's it's, it's been great. Uh, you know, we we just came back off a road trip uh, today, and and uh, uh, against Windy City. So uh, it's it's been it's been wonderful, man. I love to help. I love in term I love it in terms of the development. You yeah. get to work kids. Like I said, it's about serving them 
because a lot of them want to play in the NBA. Yep. And if you think about it from a stat, stat standpoint, I think right now in the NBA, I think 42 or 43% of all players in the NBA are, are come from the G League. I didn't know that. Yeah, so so uh, so yeah, so these guys have aspirations to play in in the NBA, but at the same time, not all of them going to make it. Right. So we always talk about and one thing I always talk about, hey, you can go overseas and make, you know, 500,000. Yep. 750,000. Yeah. You go to China, you can go to you go go to uh, Europe, you can go to Europe and play. You know, this man has been over there and had yeah. a, had a really nice career over the, uh, yep. in Europe. Uh and you can go to all these places and make a lot of money. Uh but you got to be serious about your craft, be professional, do your job. Yep. We talk about your nutrition, doing the best you uh you know, working on your game. You're not going to get anywhere by not working on your game. That's right. not how it works. You you'll get left behind because when you come to the to the to the pro level, everybody has a clean slate. Everybody just as good as everybody else. So yeah. The way you separate yourself is how you work. Yeah. Are you willing to work? Are you willing to do what's necessary in order to, to get that separation? And that's what we try to teach these guys. And, uh, we, you know, we got a really good group of kids. Uh, well, what can we say? Kids, group, group of young men, professional, yeah. you know, professional men that, uh, that, that listen and, and, and want to get better. Yeah, man. That's that, that, that point he made about working. That goes for pros. That goes for high school. That goes for college, man. The only, I tell my son and some of the kids I've coached, only time success comes before work is in the dictionary. Exactly right. It don't, it don't happen. You don't just wake up and be successful just because uh, you tweeted that you are going to be good. Like, you better get out there and put up them shots, get in the weight room, eat right, run. Uh, make sure you surround yourself with the right people so mentally you're right. And, yeah, 100%. So, man, your current team, we'll close up, man, your current team. How y'all doing in the, in the G League, and uh, what's the expectations here throughout the rest of the year? Uh, we're doing pretty good. We, uh, you know, we just we beat Windy City la- uh, last night. So uh, for us, uh, we're we're leading our, in our, our division right now okay, uh, in the Southeast Division. So uh, hopefully we can keep it going. We won three in a row, so we're playing pretty good right now. Uh, I, you know, the biggest thing with teams, you know how it is, especially in the G League, rosters change all the time. There's a lot of turnover. Uh, so so you gotta you gotta try to develop the best chemistry that you can. And I think right now we got pretty good chemistry. So uh, we got a big game tomorrow. So hopefully uh, uh, you know we can get it done tomorrow. But yeah, we our guys we've done a good you know the guys have done a good job. No Gillespie our head coach and, and the rest of our staff have done a really, really good job. Hopefully we can keep it going. All right. So we're gonna close with what I call the details of life Q and A with Marcus Wilson. So it's five quick questions. You answer them however you want to answer them. All right. Got you. Young Cal, throughout his uh, NBA career, which city had the better nightlife, Washington, (laughs) D.C. or Boston? (laughs) D.C. Okay. Uh, In their prime, who was better, Grant Hill or Penny? Whoa. Oh, that's tough. I love you, Grant. I got to say Penny. (laughs) (laughs) Better player. I think you answered this earlier. Better player, Jordan or LeBron? Oh, Jordan. Okay. Uh, when you think back on your career, where did you have the most fun? High school, college, or NBA? College, because uh, you know, obviously high school, but but college mo- mo- most definitely because you know it wasn't all about who scored the most points. Yeah. It was all about our team. Uh, you know, doing whatever we could. You know, we had a lot of guys on our team that could play, and uh, it was all about just going out and just just playing to win. Didn't who, didn't didn't matter who scored twenty five that night. Yeah, uh, and just just living up to the standard of playing. You know, Indiana University uh, basketball. I know IU fans love to hear that. Um, and lastly, in no particular order, because that's where people can start getting them funny about this, but would love to hear from you as a former NBA player. Who are the top five players in NBA history? No order, and I'm not saying one, two, three, four, five, just the five in any order. Okay, uh, my uh, Jordan, yep. Magic Johnson. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to say Larry Bird. Mm. I'm going to say... Oh, I'll take that back. I'm sorry, Larry. 
LeBron James. Okay. Okay, and uh, then uh, Wilt, then, then Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Man, that's my five, too. Mm-hmm. That's my five, too. And I got Bill coming in at six, yeah. uh, and Larry Bird and Tim Duncan right there, and Kobe Bryant all around seven, eight, yeah. nine. Yeah, see I, see, I don't want people to get this misconstrued. So let's say, let's just, for example, let's use Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as an example. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the all-time leading scorer in the history of the league. Yes. Okay? Uh, but what makes him one in my top five is because he was able, he, he, he able to, he was able to stand the test of time. Yeah. He played 20, 21 years in the league and played at a, such a high level. At, by his 20th year, he was probably one of the better players in the NBA at his, <laughs> in his 20th year. Yeah. Kind of like how LeBron is in his 16th year. Yeah. He's still the best player on the planet. Yep. So that's why that's, that's how I look at it. And then, like I said, I, I love Kobe. and Kobe's definitely in the top ten. Yeah. Uh, Duncan. Uh, when you said uh, Bird is right Bird, there. Bill Bird Russell is right there. Bill Wayne Russell. Rings. Uh, you know, those, all those guys are right there. Shaquille O'Neal, he's right there. Yeah. In my opinion, Shaquille O'Neal would – you know, like I said, uh, could have been probably the most, the greatest player in the history of the game. Yeah, that's how. That's how most. That's how he's the most dominant player. That's not, you played uh, against him in college, right? Yeah, we played. Uh, and matter, matter of fact, we we uh, his last college game, uh, we played uh, them in right. the NCAA tournament. NCAA and we tournament. beat them in the NCAA tournament. He had like he had like 40, 15, <laughs> 15. He had like eight and six blocks in the outside. So had like five assists. So was that? The, <laughs> did they also have Stanley Roberts that? that? No, the, uh, they didn't have Stanley Roberts at that time. I think well, Stanley was Chris was gone. Jackson. No, 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 it wasn't Chris. It was uh, it was uh, Brandon. Uh, oh, I can't remember his name. You know, you would know him as soon as you heard his name. But yeah, but he had a he had a Chris pretty Jackson, talented. Sorry, Mac Mac Mood Abdul Raouf. No, sorry. no, he was before he was before them. Yeah, but, yeah, but yeah. he had he had a nice little crew of talented guys, and we ended up beating him in the tournament. And that was his last game in college basketball. But you know, you know, how, everybody knows how he turned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, man, Cal, I appreciate you making the time, brother. And, Hopefully you guys enjoyed this conversation, man. But appreciate you coming on to the to the podcast. Anytime, bro. appreciate you, man. All right, my man. Anytime. Thank you for tuning into episode one. Details of life with Marcus Wilson. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and tell others to listen and subscribe. Also, I have an awesome list of upcoming guests, like the number one point guard in the 2021 high school class, five-star recruit Christian Lander, talking about his recruitment to IU and Memphis. And Michigan and some other places. We got NBA trainer Rob Allen. We trains Ashton Hagens in Kentucky and various other guys. And we got other college coaches coming on. And I'm working on dates to get Skylar Diggins and Two Chains on the show. So don't miss out. We got some great episodes upcoming. I'll be dropping a new episode every Sunday morning to get your week off to a great start. All right. Details of life will be available on most of your favorite platforms: Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You know the usual suspects and for those of you who are listening to the podcast now you can also watch the vlog video version on youtube just search details of life of marcus wilson sit back watch and enjoy so until next time ladies and gentlemen please remember that greatness is in the details have a great week see you next sunday peace